Welcome to episode 159 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, When you're new to backpacking and hiking, you probably have a good-sized list of things to worry about. We'll help you add an item to your do-not-worry list and give you some ways to be proactive. Then we'll review a simple 100% wool beanie that was so great, we bought it again. Next, a hack that can help you add 24 hours onto your next trip or that can be a life-saving backup plan. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Not too long ago, I received a text from a friend who wanted to go backpacking, but include some day hikes in with that trip. So she was gonna leave her camp set up and go off and explore. And she'd never done this before. Typically, she hikes in, she camps, then the next morning she packs up and goes to the next site, so her stuff is never left alone during the day. But now, with wanting to do some day hikes attached to a backpacking trip, she was kind of having some thoughts about, what's going to happen to my stuff if I leave it there all day long? Is someone going to take my stuff? This is something that I thought about a lot when I first started hiking and backpacking. Out in the real world, outside of the forest, you don't leave anything unattended. Not your wallet and your shopping cart. You don't leave your dog in your car. You don't leave your car running in the parking lot. People who steal are opportunistic, and they're often in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing. And so everyone, everything is potentially a target. It's just kind of the sad state of the world. But when we're backpacking, it's a little different. People who steal go to places where they have lots of targets, lots to pick from. If you're going to steal a bike, go somewhere where a whole bunch of bikes are parked. And then your chances are a little better at finding one that's not locked down. And then it's all yours at that point. If you want to find a backpack, go somewhere with a lot of backpacks. But the trail is actually not a place with a lot of backpacks. I mean, over the course of five or 10 miles, there might only be a handful of backpacks on a trail at any given time. And we're not saying that theft doesn't happen on the trail, but there are a few things that make it much less probable that it'll happen on the trail. First of all, hiking in several miles just to steal someone's stuff involves a lot of work. And thieves don't seem to really like work. Otherwise, they would earn the money and go buy the object of their desire. Number two, taking gear requires packing it out. And most people want to lighten their load on the trail, not add to it. Number three, camping stuff is usually broken in. It often smells like you, (laughs) has a nice dirt patina, and it doesn't usually look as awesome as it did when you first bought it. And the fourth reason is that the wilderness is less populated. And the folks who populate the wilderness are good folks. 
for the most part, who just want a break from the madding crowd. So theft on the trail is extremely rare, and the stories that I have read of theft on the trail uh, is usually in connection with the major trails, and it's not on the trail that this theft happens, but in the towns that are kind of attached to the larger trail. So theft in a restaurant or theft in a laundromat, stuff like that. So theft is extremely rare on the trail. And if you think you've been the victim of theft, be sure you shake out your tent before you start pointing fingers. We've had that happen on some of our trips, uh, just in our family. You know, oh, you took my pocket knife. No, I didn't. That kind of thing. And the pocket knife was always there. It was never got taken there. by anybody. <laughs> it was under a sleeping bag, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So I personally don't think it's something to worry about. It's not something I've had an experience with. However, theft at the trailhead is something I have heard about, where you park your car for several days and... Maybe you left something in your car that looks super valuable right there in plain sight and thieves know that you're going to be there for a while. So I think you have a greater chance of your car getting broken into than you do of your tent getting broken into. Is that why tents don't have locks? Perhaps. <laughs> I guess you could always ring one of those little signs that says, this tent monitored by such and such security <laughs> company. Those tend to scare off thieves. I've heard that. So uh, just put the sign in front of your tent. You'll be set. Oh, yeah. If you really want to scare off a thief, I guess you could even have one of those sound effect apps and maybe get the sound of a barking German shepherd and a siren. Get both of those going at the same time and that thief is going to run away. Well, if you're still kind of worried about theft, we have some proactive tips for you. These are the top five things to do if you're worried about your stuff getting stolen in camp. The number one thing you can do if you're worried about theft is to relax. Trail theft is rare. Lock up your car at the trailhead and don't leave valuables or your garage door opener in plain sight. Your car usually should <laughs> have a copy of your registration in there, which has a copy of your address on it. So if a thief can get your address and your garage door opener, just expect to come home to a party when you're done on the trail. The number two thing that you can do if you're worried about theft is to always have your 10 essentials and your ID on you when you're on the trail. So if any of your gear is swiped, then you're not in a truly desperate situation. You'll still have all of those basics. So you'll still have a way to stay warm. You'll still have some food. You'll still have your first aid with you. You'll have your identification on you. And you can still at least survive overnight, even if you come back to your tent being gone, which someone's stealing a tent. <laughs> yeah, on the trail. Boy, yeah. it's got to be rare. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see it maybe in a campground because, again, people can just drive up to a tent that's left in a campground, although we've never had that happen ourselves. Uh, we've certainly left tents in a campground and just headed out for the day in our car, come back, and it's fine. So even more rare on the trail. Imagine finding someone's tent, packing it up, putting it into its stuff sack, and sticking it in your already full pack, and hiking out five miles just for that tent. Probably not going to happen. There's a greater chance of a gust of wind picking up your tent and taking it wherever it wants to go. That could happen. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the number three thing that you can do if you're worried about theft is to mark your gear. So that means taking a Sharpie and writing your name on things. I've even heard that if you're doing a long trail, you can mark the direction that you're going and the year. So you can write AT southbound 2019. So then your gear can be returned to you if it's recovered by the police or discovered by another hiker. They'll be able to return it to you. Labeling your gear helps with two other scenarios that are probably, both of them are probably much more likely than theft. One is that you left something somewhere. You just forgot to pack it uh, as you left camp. And number two, that someone else accidentally picked up something they thought was theirs. Yeah, and that would be an interesting surprise to open up your pack and see a load of someone else's stuff in there and know that they had your stuff. Yeah, just that switched at birth kind of feeling. Which is what I worry about at the airport when I grab my luggage off the um, the baggage claim. Uh-huh. And and I always check uh, to make sure it's mine before I head out the door. But, <laughs> but I think, what if, what if I've got a piece of luggage that looks a lot like someone else's? And what if I forget to check or they don't check? Uh-huh. And I just run off with my luggage and I'm sitting there at the carousel and I keep seeing this luggage coming around. <laughs> that looks a lot like mine. And I check the label and it's not mine. And, you know, how long would it take before it becomes apparent that someone else grabbed my luggage and I am now stuck here at the airport with their luggage? And now what? (laughs) Oh, there's a whole movie about that. It's called What's Up, Doc? And it's these, it's like four or five different suitcases. They're all the same. They're like this plaid suitcase. And every suitcase has a, a secret or a story to it. And so everyone's trying to get their suitcases back. It's That's a good one. Crazy. <laughs> The number four thing to do if you're worried about theft is to use your gear. Sweat on it. Drag it through the mud. After a few uses, it'll probably start to lose some of that economic appeal to would-be thieves. And of course, not all thieves steal for quick cash or items that they can sell quickly. Sometimes gear gets swiped just because it's better than what they already have. But the more you use gear the less appealing it'll be to other people, especially if it has that nice ripe smell (laughs) that's really hard to get out of pack straps. (laughs) (laughs) And the number five thing that you can do if you're worried about theft on the trail is to go stealth. Some people camp this way all the time. They leave their neon hammock at home. They camp a little bit further back, a little off the trail, and focus on having a very quiet, undetectable camping experience. I like this for another reason, too. It does reduce the risk of theft, which, as we said, is already really low once you're out on the trail, away from the trailhead. But I think it also really follows the principles and and the philosophy of leave no trace, that you're out there in a spot where, as other people hike along, they're not really impacted by your presence because you've hidden your presence in the woods somewhere And they can just enjoy the natural beauty that's out there without your stuff being right in front of them. So I I like that side benefit. So theft isn't something that we've had experience with on the trail. So it's a really rare thing. If you want something to be worried about, there are things to be worried about on the trail, like legitimate things, making sure that you have a good water source. Making sure the squirrels don't steal your socks. Yes. So hopefully these tips will help you to relax and not be so worried on the trail. 
theft really is rare, there's probably um, a greater chance that your stuff will be dragged off by a curious animal than by another human being. And come to think of it, none of these five tips help with preventing animal theft. In fact, the more you sweat in your gear, the more the animals like it. <laughs> oh, they love <laughs> and, it. And uh, marking your gear with a Sharpie is not going to increase the chances of that bear's mommy bringing your socks back to you. Or your food bag. For today's Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing the Minus 33 Ridge Cuff Beanie. A beanie is a hat. Got it. Okay. The Minus 33 Ridge Cuff Beanie is 100% merino wool. It's pretty tightly knit and it's got a double layer, which I really like, which means that hot air can be trapped in between the two layers. So this hat ends up being a lot warmer than a hat of a similar weight would be because it has that air that's trapped in between the two layers. A hat, particularly a beanie, is a piece of clothing that should come with you on every single trip. Winter, spring, summer, fall, it doesn't matter. I haven't had a trip where I haven't brought a beanie or a buff that can also be used similar to a beanie. Uh, they're very lightweight. This one only weighs 2.4 ounces or 68 grams and keeps you warm and protected in uncertain weather situations. It's always great to have a beanie with you. The Minus 33 Ridge Cuff Beanie is a four-season hat. It's not super thick, so it's not going to be that hat that you go with on the really cold winter nights where it's below zero. And that's because it needs to be a hat that's also not too hot when you're out on a summer evening and the temperature dips down a little bit. So this hat is in that range where you can take it all the way from a cool summer night to a cool winter day maybe even a winter night, but not into the frigid freezing temperatures of winter. For maintenance, this hat is made of 100% merino wool, but it's a special kind of merino wool called Total Easy Care or TEC. And so it means that it's machine washable. You can also tumble dry it and you can also launder it frequently and it will still look fairly new. It also won't shrink or fade or color bleed and still has that soft feel even after you wash it. So it's a very innovative fabric or textile, I guess. For investment, the Minus 33 Ridge Cuff Beanie costs $20. And for trial, well, three years ago when I was preparing for the Timberline Trail hike, my 40 miler, the one that Heather wasn't going on and then all of a sudden, well, here we are today, hosting a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the rest is history, right? I needed a new beanie. We we had a pile of hats at home of various qualities, you know, some acrylic hats, some that I think have cotton in them. Uh, they're just going to soak up the moisture from the atmosphere and direct it to my head and cool me off so effectively. Uh, anyway, and I also had a really heavy winter, uh, you know, the one that comes over your entire head and neck, and it just has the opening for your face. Oh, a balaclava? Yeah. Yeah, a really thick one made out of wool. I had one of those. That's not what I needed either. This was a trip in September from about 4,000 to 8,000 feet elevation. I needed something that was going to keep me warm when the temperatures cooled off at night or on a crisp morning, but that winter hat was way overkill. 
And the other hats we had were just not the quality. The knits, the fabrics, the fit, too tight, too loose, not stretchy enough. So I went on Amazon and I found a hat for 20 bucks and said, great, I'll buy that. It was kind of a random, like, usually you research everything. This was one of those happy random purchases that ended up really being great. Yeah, it was this hat. And then a couple of years later, I lost it. I have no idea where it went. It still may turn up someday. I hope it does because I want it. <laughs> okay. I, I thought I would find it eventually in the van or in our backpacking gear at the bottom of a bin or at the bottom of a sleeping bag that had been put away or inside of a tent that we had packed. I can't find it anywhere. And winter was coming again. And I was like, I need a hat. I mean, we still have all of those hats that don't fit very well, that have acrylic or cotton that just don't insulate very well, that are thick, heavy, or even too thin or too... Yeah. So I need another hat. But there was absolutely nothing that I wanted different in my hat from the minus 33 wool beanie that I had bought back in 2014. And so I just bought the same thing again. I went on Amazon and just bought the same hat all over again. And I'm glad I did. I've got my hat back. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It just sits on the shelf. And when I go out for a walk on a cold fall day or winter day, the hat comes with me. It's small enough, folds up so nicely that it just fits in my pocket if I'm not wearing it. Okay, if you fold it up, what is it, what is it the size of? A... I mean, it's barely bigger than a deck of cards no, when that's, it's folded up. That's, not a, that's a burrito. It's a it's, small burrito. It's a small microwave burrito. It's about the size of my wallet. Yeah, maybe the size of your wallet. Pull out your wallet. <laughs> I don't have it check. on me. Sorry. This really, when you roll it up like this, it looks like a gray burrito. Like I'm yeah, getting but, hungry. But, um, nom, okay, nom, nom. yes. A, a Taco Bell burrito, the ones you buy for a dollar. Oh, uh, yeah. And then chop a couple inches off of it. <laughs> And that's about how big this is. Yeah, it's pretty small. But this is not like the burrito you get at the real Mexican restaurant in our town. Right. This is way smaller way than that. Way smaller. I love the fabric. I love the weave. It's a, a fine fiber, 18 and a half microns, I think they said. Uh, so a very fine wool. Um, it's not that huge cable weave or whatever that's called. This is a very fine weave, very soft and very flexible. And I think that's... To me, that's the bottom line. I am not a hat guy. I don't really like stuff being on my head and especially stuff pushing down my ears. And if I wear a hat that doesn't fit well over my ears, after a couple hours, it's just sort of sore or uncomfortable. Do you ever get that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like your ears have been pushed down a little too hard. Yeah, they feel kind of achy. Yeah. This hat never does that to me. It's the right amount of stretch and softness and flexibility that it fits comfortably on my head. It's not too loose at all. And at the same time, it's not too tight. I feel like Goldilocks. <laughs> I found the perfect hat. <laughs> well, I've tried it too, and it is the perfect hat. It comes down over your ears. Love that. Yes. Yeah, so your ears stay warm. Then you can also cuff it. It's stretchy enough. It's great. And I guess if we're going to talk features, it is fairly light on features, but that's because the hat itself doesn't need a lot of features, but it does have a little tag on it that's like a loop. So you could hang it up to dry, and that's pretty much the only feature that it has. And another feature that this hat has, if you want to call it a feature, is that it's reversible. So it looks the same on the inside as it does on the outside. 
This is just a solid piece of backpacking gear. And like we said, it's four season. You'll use it on every single trip. It's got the basic shape, the basic features, high quality fabric, material, construction. It's a win. And we'll have all the details for the minus 33 ridge cuff beanie in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 159. For today's backpack hack of the week, a 24-hour food pouch. When you're planning your meals for your backpacking trip, always plan for an extra day of food. It doesn't have to be special, it doesn't have to be delicious, but you should have a gallon-sized freezer bag that has about 2,000 calories worth of food packed in it. So this could be granola bars, candy bars, corn nuts, an oatmeal packet, pepperoni, M&Ms, Snickers, whatever you want to do to add up to 2,000 calories or roughly that much. You could do more than that if you wanted to. But that is your insurance. It's your life insurance for the trip. And of course, you know, you know that you could go for two weeks without food if you had to, but you don't have to. You can plan ahead and have an extra day's worth of food. In fact, if you are careful, this 24-hour food pouch could be almost a week's worth of food. In order to keep your system from going into starvation mode, you need to consume at least 500 calories a day. If you're consuming 500 calories a day, you are obviously not fulfilling your full caloric needs for your body even to just be resting throughout the day. That's about 2,000 calories. Actually, it's more like 12 to 1,300. Oh. If you're just laying on the sofa all day, you're going to use up not very many calories. Wow. Okay. I just thought 2,000 was for sitting around doing nothing because oh. that's what everybody does all day. No, I think 2,000 is like if you get up and leave your house to go check the mail or bring in the trash can. It's very normal life type activities. Okay. So if you sat and did nothing, uh, say you were lost or you were waiting for search and rescue to come in and get you, uh, even if you sat around doing nothing, 500 calories a day would still be less than half, maybe a third, maybe even a fourth of the calories that you are going to be burning uh, while you're sitting there waiting <laughs> for search and rescue. So you're going to lose weight. Your body will start using up the extra fat and muscle that it has stored. However, the 500 calories a day, what it'll do is it'll keep your digestive system, quote unquote, alive. It'll keep that digestive system working. And that can be a big help. It's a small number of calories, but it can still be a big help. Yeah, I remember a few months ago, you read the book about the Chilean miner rescue, and they had to be really careful with how they fed the miners after they were rescued from the mine. They had to feed them really slowly. And even when they were down in the mine, they were very careful with how much food they gave them, just because your system can't go from zero to 60 just like that. There's going to be some problems. So you have to keep your digestive system going slowly and steadily, and that's to keep it from going into starvation mode. So we always have a few of these food pouches in our backpacking gear area. We have a couple tubs full of random backpacking food in the backpacking room, and uh, in those tubs are a few of these pouches that I know that I can grab one of those out and I've got, in fact, I think you've labeled it exactly 2,000 calories or 2,600 calories, whatever it added up to. And there's a bunch of food right there. I've got an extra day worth of food that I can throw in my pack. 
Yeah, one of the things that I've done to the food in these bags is I've taken a Sharpie and I've written the calories on each food packet. Now, originally that was so that the kids and I could do these little bags and I gave them the instructions, okay, everything in there needs to add up to about 2,000 calories. So it was kind of a math activity, kind of a emergency preparedness activity. Um, but yeah, if you have the calories on there, that helps you in your... Um, guess you're portioning things out. If you were to be in a long-term survival situation on the trail, of course you could make it really easy on yourself and just buy one of those party-sized bags of peanut M&Ms. That could be your 24-hour food pouch. 2,000 calories all in one thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's more than 2,000 calories. That's a great idea. Just eat peanut M&Ms for a day. <laughs> best day ever. <laughs> oh boy. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Mr. Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, to the dull mind, nature is leaden. To the illumined mind, the whole world burns and sparkles with light. Oh, and good news. Our cookbook is out. It's called Trail Grazing, and you can find it on Amazon or iTunes, or head to the first40miles.com slash trailgrazingbook. Trailgrazing is filled with 40 quick and easy energy-filled snacks for your next adventure. It's all stuff that you can prepare at home using ingredients that you have at home. You're guaranteed they'll be calorie-dense and nutritious at the same time, give you lots of variety so you don't get bored with uh, a pound of M&Ms or five pounds of M&Ms. And you can snack on them throughout the day while you're on the trail because they require zero trail prep. My favorites, the jerkies, where you combined meat, which is what we typically think of for jerky, with vegetables like onions and peppers and spinach and all those jerkies. I love them. They're fantastic. So if there's no other reason at all to get trail grazing, it's to get those recipes, those jerky recipes. And I love the nut recipes. Wow, some of those, so simple, and yet it's just such a fun flavor that you get. Like the coconut curry cashews. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those are a favorite. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun food to take on the trail, get our new book, Trail Grazing, on Amazon or iTunes. We'll see you next time on the first 40 miles. skip all of that <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to do do you have anything you want to say about it about that? beanies yes uh, i thought you'd find it interesting I read through so. it. yeah <laughs> <Me too. laughs> okay